Hey, well, happy Sunday, Life Center. Are you thankful to be alive today? Come on, today's a great day to be alive. Glad that you're with us. For those who had to take a boat on the way in, glad you made it safely. Uh, there was a street flooded as I was driving on the way in. And uh, man, it's just that time of year. Um, today, we are going to bring to conclusion a series that we started a number of weeks ago. And we've been focusing on this fact that Hebrews reminds us Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the same Jesus that we saw healing people in the New Testament, in the Gospels, guess what? That same Jesus is able to bring healing into your life today. The same Jesus that was able to bring freedom in people's lives is bringing freedom today. The same Jesus who brought hope to hopeless situations is bringing hope today. And in a moment, we're going to go to the book of Mark, chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, you can get those ready. If you have the Life Center app, you can open that up. All of the scripture, all of the points will be in there. You can follow along. Uh, or the Bible in the sky up on the screens will be there as well. Uh, but today, I, I've put a message together that I've entitled, Closer Than You Think. Closer Than You Think. I, I want you to think about maybe a moment where you found yourself in a situation where you were so close to somebody trying to get their attention, but no matter what you did, it wasn't enough. You're in proximity, but the problem is no matter what you do or how you approach it, maybe it was at a restaurant, maybe it was at a stoplight, you know, you're trying to get the, the attention of the person next to you, maybe it was in a large crowd. And, and here's what I know, each of us, we are wired a little bit differently when it comes to trying to get somebody's attention. Some of us in the room today were hand gesture people. Come on, where, where are my hand gesture people at? This is the individual, you're at a restaurant, you're trying to get the waiter or waitress's attention and so you'll do this. You won't say anything, you'll just gesture your hands. Come on, where are my hand gesture people at? I know you're here, all right. Crazy, I, I heard something, somebody clapped. All right. There's another group of people. The second group of people is kind verbal people. Kind verbal people. These are those who you're at a restaurant with and, and they'll do this over and over to try to get the waiter or waitress. Um, um, excuse me. Pardon. Come on, where are my kind verbal people at? Did you see how quiet they were, by the way? They're just like, yeah, Tyler, I'm here. So, so we got hand mobi mobility people. We, we got kind verbal people. And then there's a third category. The third, there you go. The, the third category is what I would call bulldozers. Come on, where are my bulldozers at? Yeah, I, I know you're here. Not too long ago, I was at a restaurant, and clearly, I'm sitting across from this person, I'm like, oh, you're a bulldozer, okay. Because they, they were making it known what they wanted, how quick they wanted it. If there's any disappointment, they will verbalize it. And I find myself sitting across the table doing this whenever I'm with a bulldozer. Right, like, I, I just wanna hide. How many of you are bulldozers in the room? I know you're here. 
What's interesting, we're, we're all wired a little bit differently, but, but we have this dynamic that shows up in our lives when we're trying to get the attention of someone else. Whether you're a hand gesture person, you're, you're the kind verbal person, or you are the bulldozer. When we're trying to get somebody's attention and it doesn't work, it's frustrating. Now, a number of years ago, Seattle had an incredible football team. I don't know if you remember this season. Um, we actually went to the Super Bowl. We won the Super Bowl. And there was this incredible moment in Seattle history where we had the Super Bowl parade downtown Seattle. Come on, how many of you were there that day, downtown Seattle? Uh, that was the most pathetic, like, yeah, was, was, was there. You know, people said about a million people flooded downtown that day. And at that point, our, our kids were a lot younger, but we were diehard. I mean, every Friday was Blue Friday. And uh, we, we decided we're going to take our three kids because we don't want to miss this historic event. So we jumped on the light rail, came into downtown. I remember walking up the stairs, and as far as the eye could see, this way and this way down Fifth Avenue, there was just a sea of people, people chanting, screaming, yelling, and then all of a sudden the, the cars started to come with the, the Seahawks players on the back of the cars, and, and people are going nuts. And that day I happened to be holding one of my children on my shoulders as a beloved quarterback came by holding the Super Bowl trophy. And listen to the result. Check this out. Okay, I don't know if you could hear his little voice, but over and over, as long as Russell Wilson was, Wilson, Wilson, I, I can still hear it, Wilson, and no matter how loud Judah yelled, no matter how focused his voice was in the direction of Russell Wilson, there was a challenge, Russell Wilson never heard his voice. Why? Well, was, there was two realities. There was this thing called distance. In other words, we, we were far enough away. There was a physical separation. There was some distance that kept Russell Wilson from, from hearing this young fan's voice. But not only was there distance, there was this thing called distraction. In other words, there was competing voices. Judah was doing everything in his power to, to get his attention. He wanted Russell to look at him and to, to see him, but no matter how hard he tried, he could not get his attention. You see, distance, physical distance, and distraction, competing voices, here's some good news, those are not issues for God. See, today, I think it's important that we recognize this important truth. Jesus hears us when we call. Don't, don't run by that thought too quick. Because I know some of us were like, well, Tyler, I know he, he hears that person because I saw how, how cool they looked when they raised their hand in worship. But I don't know if he hears somebody like me. No, no, no. Jesus hears us when we call. He hears you when when you lift your voice to him, he, he pays attention. His ear 
is tuned. You might feel like there's a great distance to overcome, but can I tell you, the distance is not an issue to him. The competing voices and the distractions all around you, guess what? Those are not issues for him. Jesus hears us when we call. Right now, we're in the middle of navigating our firstborn approaching the, the finish line of him getting his license. The other day, we were out on a drive, and I'm sitting in the passenger seat. Man, my prayer life has increased like none other, just filled with faith. And I remember looking in the passenger side mirror, and, and how many of you know there's something inscribed on every passenger side mirror? What does it say? Yeah, it, it says this, objects in mirror are what? Closer than they appear. See, we all, we all know that even without seeing a mirror. We know that because of some distortion, because of the way that they form and shape the mirror, even though it looks a certain way, things are actually closer than they might appear. You see, it's a warning to remind the driver that what you see and how you're seeing it, there's actually a different reality. See, I, I believe a very similar thing happens at times in our journey with God. Because of some distortion of, of what we're journeying through or what we're experiencing in our lives, we can convince ourselves, man, God is a lot further away than I think he was. But here's the good news. Jesus is closer than you think. See, it's true that he hears us when, when we speak to him. He hears us when we call out to him. But, but don't miss this. Jesus is closer than you think. Some of us say we walk through the doors and we're like, man, I don't, I don't know if God would ever smile at somebody like me. I don't know if God is interested in, in having a relationship with somebody like me. Maybe your friend invited you or a family member invited you. I, I want you to hear something important today. Jesus is closer than you think. For those who've been following Jesus a long time, and you feel close to Jesus. I mean, today during worship, you, you just felt like you were standing in the presence of God, and, and he was so close. Can I tell you, Jesus is closer than you think. He's close. Now, I think as we consider that statement, how would life adjust for you this next week if you lived like that statement was true. That Jesus is closer than you think. How would your life adjust? Would, would your joy go up or would your joy go down? I think our joy would what? It would go up. Would your hope go up or would your hope go down if Jesus is closer than you think? I think our hope would go up. Would fear go up or would fear go down? I think fear would go down if Jesus is actually closer than we think? What, what about our faith? What about our, our worries? You see, in a moment, as we look to Mark chapter 10, we're gonna read one of the final miracles in Mark's gospel. The context matters because Jesus, he's coming through a city called Jericho and he's going to climb this road up to Jerusalem. Jesus knows that in the coming days, he's going to be arrested, beaten, crucified and will die for humanity. Think for a moment about your life when you know you have a stressful week ahead. Does anybody else become very myopic? Like you, you focus on you and what, what's going to happen to you and yet 
We see Jesus with the weight of the world quite literally on his shoulders, knowing what he's going to navigate in the coming days. And he's willing to stop and serve a man who's at a point of need. Look with me in Mark chapter 10. Mark 10, starting in verse 46, it says this. They came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples in a large crowd, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. Bartimaeus, physically blind, cannot physically see. And although we're about to read about a man who could not see physically, and God in his grace reaches out and touches this man, I wonder how many of us, we need healing in our spiritual sight today. The things that, that we look at, it's a little bit distorted in the mirror of life and maybe God wants to bring some clarity to our hearts today. It says this, verse 47, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. Can you say cry out? He began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many warned him to keep quiet. But I love this. But he was crying out all the more. I love it. Bartimaeus is a little bit of a bulldozer right here. People around him going, shh, keep it down. Don't be so loud. Don't be so expressive. And yet scripture says he was crying out all the more. Have mercy on me, son of David. Look what happens next. It says that Jesus stopped. Jesus is journeying from Jericho up to Jerusalem, knowing that he's going to the cross. And yet, because of somebody willing to cry out, what does Jesus do? Jesus stops. But Jesus doesn't just stop. Look what else he does. He speaks. He said, call him. So they called the blind man and said to him, have courage, get up, he's calling for you. Man, how quick the crowd changes their tone. The same people who were telling them to shut up a minute ago are saying, hey, be of good courage, why don't you jump up? Jesus is calling. Things don't change too much, do they? Verse 50, he threw off his coat jumped up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus answered him, what do you want me to do for you? There's a lot of good questions, but if a blind man walks up to you and you've been performing miracles, seems like an odd question, right? And yet Jesus asks Bartimaeus the obvious. Why? Because there's something about engaging your voice, your words, your heart's desire and bringing that before the one who can do something about it. What do you want me to do for you? Rabbi, the blind man said to him, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has saved you. Immediately he could see and began to follow Jesus on the road. Today, you might be at a place where, where you want change in your life. You want something to shift. You want something to adjust. But, but here's what we want to learn from this story. Change starts with a first step called courage. 
You see, without Bartimaeus having some courage, when, when he heard Jesus is in the area, when he heard Jesus is traveling down the road that he's sitting beside and begging, he makes a courageous decision to lift his voice. There's something interesting about this dynamic of courage in our lives. And what is that? Proximity impacts courage. Tyler, what do you mean by that? Well, think back with me to elementary school. Who else? You had a, an annoying small kid on your playground. Anybody remember the annoying small kid? How many of you, you were the annoying small No, keep your hand down. We, we all remember that. Uh, there was a, an annoying small kid on our playground every single day. And man, he would make boasts with his mouth that he could not back up. And I remember one day, like, hitting my max. And then somebody pointed out his older brother. And all of a sudden I realized, oh, that's why he can talk that courageously. It's not that he can back it up. It's that there's somebody else that he can call on that can actually back it up. There, there's some courage there. Proximity impacts courage. We've seen this modern day, right? Because some of us, we have so much courage when we're behind a keyboard. We will say things to people that we would never say to their face. Well, man, give me some distance. I know that I'm safe. I know that nobody actually has access to me. And man, these thumbs are on fire. <laughs> Proximity impacts courage, doesn't it? It's because we understand the importance of access. The, the annoying small kid understands he's got access to a big brother. The person behind their keyboard who can say whatever they want just because they have an internet connection, they realize that nobody actually has access to them. And so courage, courage builds. You see, in the story of Bartimaeus, here's what we begin to understand. Courage grows as closeness to Jesus is realized. Some of us, we, we lack courage. Why? Because we don't understand how close Jesus actually is. And if we could just get a hold of that, man, Tacoma will look different. Pierce County will look different. Your family will look different. If, if we really understood that, yes, Jesus hears me, but also Jesus is closer than I even realize. But don't miss this. Your courage isn't what brings the change. Your courage isn't the thing that actually brings about the change. Your courage is what engages you with the source of change, which is Jesus. You see, Jesus is the change agent. We, we are not. See, we can have courage today. Why? Since he hears us, I can have courage. Since he's closer than I think, guess what? I can have courage, but courage to do what? There's a few things that we notice in this story. Number one is this, courage to call out. Can you say call out? Courage to call out. I love this picture of Bartimaeus. He's, he's blind, he's on the side of the road. He's in a position that he's been in for months, years, 
decades, we don't necessarily know how long, but we know that the moment that he hears that it's Jesus, he's willing to call out. See, maybe you've wrestled with this question before. I know I have. If God knows what I need, why should I speak up? If God knows what, what's going on in my life, why do I even need to pray about it? He's all-knowing. Why, why should I even voice it? Isn't it interesting when, when Bartimaeus comes to Jesus, Jesus asks him this simple question, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus, isn't it obvious? God, aren't you paying attention? Don't you see what's going on? But, but there's something that happens when we are willing to call out, to speak out. And it's amazing how desperation has a way of ridding us of silence and apathy. So sometimes until we hit that place of desperation, we stay silent. Some of us, we, we don't call out to the one who has the solution until things get bad enough. And, and we say things like this, well, I guess all I can do now is, oh, so you've said that too, okay. <laughs> I've exhausted every other thing. And so I guess my last hope is to look to God. My, my last hope, but here's what I love about this story. Jesus, he not only hears Bartimaeus call out to him, but, but Jesus calls back to him. Jesus invites him into this process to, to speak out. What is it that you want me to do? And I think Bartimaeus understood something that my prayer is each of us, we would begin to understand. Jesus isn't our last hope. Jesus is our only hope. Je Jesus, for, for Bartimaeus, Jesus wasn't finally that, well, I've tried everything else. I've exhausted everything else. I guess I better just call out to Jesus. No, what's really clear in this moment, it's a reminder for each of us, Jesus isn't the thing that we finally look to once we've exhausted every other option. Jesus actually is our only hope. He's always been our only hope, whether we recognize it or not. And so will we learn to, to call out? But second, notice what Bartimaeus does next. It says this, that when Jesus calls out to him, well, well let's, let's read it. It says this in, in verse 50. He threw off his coat, jumped up, and he came to Jesus. So let me ask, what is it in your life that you need to throw aside? So that's the second thing we need courage for. It, it takes one level of courage to speak out, but it takes a whole nother level of courage to throw something aside. This week as I was studying this passage, I noticed that Bartimaeus, he actually throws aside two things. See, before he even throws aside his cloak, he, he throws aside something important. What is that? He threw aside the negative opinions of others telling him to be quiet. Some of us, we need to learn to throw aside the negative voices in our lives. Some of us, the, the very thing holding us back from taking a step forward in our faith is the voices that are allowing us to, to quench what God wants to do. Bartimaeus doesn't hang on to it. He, he throws aside their opinion. In fact, it says that he turns the volume up and he calls out even louder. He throws aside the negative voices, but then he throws aside the very thing that would have represented security in his life. 
Tyler, what do you mean? Well, in this period, he's referring to a cloak that a blind beggar would use. Bartimaeus would sit beside the road. Yes, it would keep him warm physically. Yes, it would provide comfort as he was sleeping. But also, the way that these cloaks were designed, they would be spread out in front of a beggar, giving them license to receive the generosity and care from others as they throw money his direction. So now the very things that represented his source of security, throwing that aside, because I know I won't be needing that anymore. Jesus is calling me to come. So let me ask, what is it that you need to throw aside? For some of us, we need to throw aside doubt. For some of us, we need to throw aside the, the opinions of others. Some of us, we need to throw aside the things that we cling to that give us a sense of security that is actually only found in Jesus. But here's the truth. Jesus, yes, he, he calls us to speak out. But can we be honest? Sometimes it's hard to throw things aside, especially things that we found comfort or significance in or, or security in. Now recognize that in the midst of throwing things aside, we don't have to throw aside wisdom. See, biblical faith never calls you to deny reality. Biblical faith invites you to recognize that there's a greater reality. So I believe with all of my heart today, some of you don't know this about me, I'm a type 1 diabetic. Every day, I'm connected to an insulin pump. Every day, I take insulin. Does that mean I, I got to disconnect this, throw it aside, and, and go to Jesus? No, I believe that Jesus is going to heal me someday. But I also use wisdom. Why? Because he's provided me to live in a time where there is access to keep me alive. Because, friends, I should already be dead. But I'm not. Praise God. <laughs> Listen, biblical faith, biblical faith doesn't call you to deny reality. It invites you to recognize that there's a greater reality. And some of us, we, we cling to these things that give us a sense of security, a sense of meaning, our sense of identity, and we cling more tightly to those than the freedom that Jesus wants to bring into our lives. So what is it that you need to throw aside? What is it that's, that's hindering you, that's, that's holding you back? What is it that is unnecessary on the other side of Jesus encountering you today where you're at. See, third and finally, we see Bartimaeus teach us this important principle. And what is that? Get up and come to Jesus. <laughs> Get up and come to Jesus. It's one thing to know that Jesus has called you to him. It's another thing to respond to that call. Here's what I want you to know today. No matter how close or how far you feel from God, he's called you. And he's calling you. He's saying to all of us, why? Because all of us, spiritually, we are blind beggars. We cannot see. We need the healer to come and open up our eyes and open up our hearts and, and receive his healing work in our lives. But it's one thing to know that he's called. It's another thing to respond to that call. I love what it says in Psalm 27, verse 8. It says this, My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me. 
and my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Man, I love that. Imagine how different next week could look for you if you wake up every day and you don't have to sit in shame or condemnation, but your heart is hearing the voice of the Lord saying, come on, come on, come spend time with me. And your heart doesn't respond, well, God, I had a bad week. Well, God, I got a lot on my schedule today. Well, God, I haven't had my coffee yet. What if our heart just responded, Lord, I'm coming. You're inviting me? Man, I pray we never grow too comfortable with the fact that the king of the universe welcomes us and wants us to walk in relationship with him. Jesus, he hears us. Jesus, he's closer than we think. And notice that Bartimaeus, he calls Jesus Rabbi. Rabbi was a common title for a teacher, religious teacher. Yeah, Bar- Bartimaeus, he, he approaches Jesus and he, he says, Rabbi, literally, my master or my Lord. At, at some level, he's making this personal expression of faith that, that Jesus has something to offer him. I love that Jesus, he heard Bartimaeus when he called. I love that Jesus hears us when we call, but the question is this, what do we do when he calls back? Because he said, bring him. What do you want me to do for you? In the story, we see Jesus provides healing for his eyes. That Greek word for healing is the Greek word sozo. It's the same word for salvation. Experiences transformation. His life has changed. And then Jesus gives him instruction in verse 52. He, he tells him to go. He experiences healing and then he's like, all right, head out, go. But did you know what Bartimaeus does? It says this, that Bartimaeus, he followed Jesus on the road to Jerusalem. Catch this. Bartimaeus goes from a beggar beside the road to a disciple on the road. Some of us, we've, we've spent too many days on the side of the road. Maybe it's because of things that we refuse to let go of or cast aside. Maybe, maybe there's, there's not, a, not enough courage to call out, but here's the good news. Jesus, he hears you, and he's closer than you think. See, this is what the grace of Jesus does in our lives. It takes us from beggars beside the road to being welcomed into this invitation to join Jesus on the road. So I'll ask the question again, what is it that you want Jesus to do for you? What do you want? What I love about Jesus, he's he's here in this moment right now. In fact, today, can I invite you to stand to your feet all across this room? He's, He's here, he's here, he's here. As you stand, I'm going to welcome our pastors and prayer team because there's some of us, we we need breakthrough today in our lives. Some of us, we need freedom. Some of us, we're, we're bound up by stuff that we need to be set free from. Can I tell you, Jesus is closer than you think. Some of us, we need healing. We need healing in our minds, healing in our hearts, healing in our bodies. Jesus is able. Jesus is able.
So today, I'm gonna welcome our pastors and prayer team. Would you come find a place up front? And listen, if you're believing for God to meet you today, can I encourage you to do what Bartimaeus did? Would you speak out? Some of you, you're gonna have to cast aside some insecurity right now to walk forward. Because I get the battle. Well, Tyler, if I walk forward, everybody's gonna be going, well, man, I wonder what's going on in their lives. But I have to be clear. Walking forward at Life Center, this does not represent shame. This front area, what we commonly call the altar, it just represents a meeting place with God. And so today, if there's a need in your life, young or old, rich or poor, strong or weak, there's a need in your life, Jesus hears you. Jesus is closer than you think. So we're gonna pray for needs today. So can I invite you to bow your heads all across this room? First and foremost, for those who are here, and you'd say, Tyler, I, I need Jesus to show up. I need Jesus to do something in my life today. If that's you, would you just raise a hand? Just hold it up right now. Say, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of us. In a moment, I'm gonna invite you to step from where you are. We're gonna, we're gonna pray together. We're gonna believe together. Man, throughout the last number of weeks, people's lives have been transformed. We've seen God heal bodies. We've seen God heal and restore hearts and minds. We saw a young lady last weekend have anxiety just ripped from her life and she walked out of this place free and transformed. God is moving in hearts and lives. Secondly, I wanna pray for those of us who, who need to receive the grace of Jesus you realize that you need his grace to meet you today. You wanna to put your trust in what he's done for you through his life, his death, and his resurrection. See, scripture teaches us that if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We confess with our mouth, Jesus is the Lord, and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. Scripture says this, you will be saved. So today across this room, if if you're ready to put your trust in Jesus, you want to know that your debt is paid, your sin is forgiven, you have a fresh start with God. If that's you, would you just raise a hand, just hold it up for a moment and say, that's me, Tyler, that's me, that's me, that's me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Life Center, can we pray this prayer collectively together today? Would you say these words, say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation and help me to follow you every day of my life. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those who are making that decision today?